Welcome to the Travel Pulse Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bowman, the executive editor of TravelPulse.com. Today is Tuesday, August 1st. Happy Travel Tuesday, everyone, and happy August. Wow, July just flew by. The summer is breezing on by. It's burning on by, I guess I should say. This extreme heat is wild out here as I look at the weather right now, and it is um, it just too hot. It's just too hot. Anywhere, and ev- not anywhere and everywhere. I know a lot of people are escaping the heat. I tried to do it this past weekend. Got a cool weekend in Charleston, South Carolina. A lovely city. Escaped out for a day spot to the beach. Stayed at a lovely hotel right in the historic district, the Lotrell. Definitely recommend you guys check that out. So we got a great show for you coming up today. We're going to be talking big news. And joining me on the show later is Jeff Jenkins, owner of Chubby Diaries and host of the new National Geographic show, Never Say Never with Jeff Jenkins. So we'll hear more about his show and stepping out of your comfort zone and tips for that and how to really just go for it. So, But first, as we do for every episode, in case this is your first time listening to the show, we're going to dive into what's been trending in the world of travel in the last week. We begin with some air travel news in the transportation department announcing a new airplane bathroom accessibility rule. So the United States Department of Transportation announced this new rule that requires airline bathrooms to be more accessible. As is part of the 33rd anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act, the DOT now requires airlines to make lavatories on new single-aisle aircraft large enough to permit a passenger with a disability and an attendant. The bathrooms must allow the two people to approach, enter, and maneuver within as necessary. The DOT has made major recent investments to make infrastructure more accessible, including awarding billions of dollars to add wheelchair ramps, accessible restrooms, and more to airport terminals, as well as retrofitting rail and subway stations with elevators, ramps, and other improvements. And we had U.S. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg said, quote, traveling can be stressful enough without worrying being able to access a restroom. Yet today, millions of wheelchair users are forced to choose between dehydrating themselves before boarding a plane or avoiding air travel altogether. We are proud to announce this rule that will make airplane bathrooms larger and more accessible, ensuring travelers in wheelchairs are afforded the same access and dignity as the rest of the traveling public, end quote. So good on you, Pete. I love this. I love this for air travel and the future of air travel here. Definitely a huge win on this. Additionally, you had United Airlines became the first carrier to add Braille to its plane interiors. The carrier has equipped about a dozen aircraft with Braille markings for individual rows and seat numbers, as well as inside and outside the lavatories. United expects to outfit its entire mainline fleet with Braille by the end of 2026. Again, great for the travel industry. Definitely needed this. We even had uh, last week, too, Amtrak came out and said that it's investing $770 million in accessibility projects for more accessible rail. So great for the travel industry. Absolutely needed. Let's keep going on this momentum. In other air travel news, an airline had to serve KFC to passengers after a catering mishap. So it's on a flight to Turks and Caicos to the Bahamas and eventually to London. British Airways learned that the food it packed in Turks and Caicos was not properly chilled and it had to be thrown out. Rather than force passengers to wait an extended delay for more food to come over and everything, British Airways just ordered KFC during the stop in Nassau, Bahamas en route to London. But according to passengers, it only worked out to be about one piece per person in business class and economy. Do you love it? Do you hate it personally? I would have preferred Popeye's, but I mean, I would take fried chicken over airplane food any day. I just love fried chicken. What about you? Podcast at TravelPulse.com. I'd love to hear your take on airplane food. Me, I don't really love airplane food, to be honest. I haven't really had one that has just jumped out and blown me away by any means. Granted, I haven't flown first class consistently like some of my listeners out here i'm sure that have experienced some very high class airplane meals on that and and, you know there are some that are probably there's some that are definitely nicer than others don't get me wrong but 
some people absolutely love it and they're, they relish in that and they're like, they're really excited to get their meal on the airplane and everything. Personally, I just love airports more. I think I'd rather eat in the airport. I don't know where this plane food came from, how long it's been sitting out. That's, that's the things that are going through my mind. So that's, um, but, but this instance, I mean, KFC, it's not bad, you know, I would, like I said, I would have preferred Popeye's, but you know, kudos to British Airways for trying to do something, thinking outside of the box. You know, I've seen pe- uh, pilots, you know, during delays order full on pizzas for people. So hopefully, you know, no one was too upset about it, but you know, you got to eat better, better nothing, I guess. So jumping over to hotel news. Senators introduced a hotel fee transparency bill, which the travel industry largely supports. It would require anyone advertising a hotel room or short-term rental to clearly show up front the final price a customer would pay to book lodging. Yes, that just makes sense. Honestly, it's 2020. How does this not, right? What, what have we been doing, right? You know, <laughs> uh, the American Hotel and Lodging Association president and CEO Chip Rogers released a statement in support of the new bill saying, quote, the Hotel Fees Transparency Act is an important bill that will create a single standard for mandatory fee display across the entire lodging ecosystem from hotels to online travel agencies, meta search sites and short term rental platforms. We know consumers shop for travel across multiple sites, and this bill is a pivotal step toward creating a more transparent booking process for guests. This seems like a no-brainer. Slam dunk. Let's get it going. Should have been already here. Am I right? But then, in other hotel news, the current state of hotel guest satisfaction. Positive? Negative? What are your thoughts? I'd love to hear you. But an influx of staff delivering exceptional customer services, driving a rise in hotel guest satisfaction as travel returns to pre-pandemic levels. That's according to J.D. Power's annual North American Hotel Guest Satisfaction Index study. What do you say? I just came back from the Lotro in Charleston, as I said, and the staff actually was phenomenal there. Shout out to Tiana from the front desk there. Great help with that. Great help with the family overall. I mean, it, it was a beautiful property. And I got to say, you know, no complaints anywhere at all. And no complaints on my prior hotels experiences this year. I think staff's, you know, staffing up and the hotels are staffing up. Everywhere is trying to staff up. I know that can be, you know, a rough spot in some areas, but a lot of these people didn't have work for a bit. They're excited to be back working. Some of them really love the hospitality front of it. You can tell when people don't, you can, you can read body language, especially if you're a frequent traveler out there, you, you know, when someone's not having their best day, you come up to the hotel lobby or, uh, some people probably avoid lobbies these days, depending on what hotels you're staying at. And you just check in mobile and go right to your room and stuff. But anytime I've come across hotel staff this year, I've been pleasantly pleased and i've had great experiences and i hope you have had the same because that's what we want throughout the travel industry so jumping over to destination news a new theme parks on the horizon i know i feel like i've said this like three straight episodes or whatever but it there's more in the theme park they just growing we love theme parks here on the podcast and general public loves them too because another one is being built this one by mattel and it's coming in Glendale, Arizona, will feature Barbie, Hot Wheels, Thomas and & Friends, and Masters of the Universe. This is not slated to open until 2024, though, but Barbie, Hot Wheels, I mean, it hits me right in the childhood. I love it. I think this is going to be really cool. Any other toys or games out there that need their own theme park people? I'd love to hear your thoughts on that podcast at TravelPulse.com. That's the email. Let me know your thoughts on the theme park world and all the craziness going there. I mean, I know I, was, I think it was last week. A couple weeks ago, no, I, I was like, which which movie should have their own one? And because the Barbie theme is, is taking the summer movies by storm here. Hot Wheels 
roller coaster sounds pretty dope. Not gonna lie, you gotta have a Hot Wheels roller coaster. You, you just you just got it, right? So we got that Americana two billion dollar theme park that's coming up in Oklahoma in 2025 26 on that so that would be pretty cool american themed park you gotta have like a i'm envisioning you know when you think america and what's classic americana hot dog right can we get a hot dog roller coaster that would be what what do we think of that man but other toys i mean i played with gi joes a lot as a kid so just some sort of gi joe immersive interactive type of cool game aspect i don't know using latest technology maybe that can just get uh, bought up by someone and, and put in one of the existing theme park ones already, but you have to have a pretty strong brand to just build a whole new theme park off this. So Mattel is, you know, capitalizing on the success of the movie here and the resurgence of Barbie, I guess, if you will, or did she, she never really went away, I guess, but she's coming back strong on this. So in other destination news, Paris is going to open up a river scene for swimming for the first time in 100 years. It's all to get ready for the Paris 2024 Summer Olympics. Swimming in there was banned in 1923 because of pollution. Many commenters, I said, have uh, seen about this story, said they wouldn't risk it. They're not going to jump in. Not a fan. A lot of people who live there wouldn't. But I mean, if you live there and you see pollution in it all the time, like... I don't know if I would want to jump in it either, but I got to think it's going to be fine water. I mean, they're, they're spending $1.5 billion to clean this up. So I got to feel like it's going to be good. They're planning for Olympians to get up in this and yeah, I'd jump in, take a splash. I mean, who hasn't been to Paris in the summer and just been like, oh man, I would love to just cool off right now. That seems nice, right? But eh. again, stepping out of the comfort zone, that kind of fits into what we'll get into a little bit later in the show with Jeff coming up on the podcast here as we wrap up. Lastly here, I got to talk about crazy stats here. Over half the U.S. beaches potentially have dangerous poop levels. Gross, right? It's a July report from the Environment America revealed just how bad the situation has become. Of the 3,000 plus nationwide beaches that tested in the U.S. last year, more than half experienced at least one day on which potentially unsafe fecal contamination levels were recorded. That's absolutely disgusting. It makes me second guess the beach aspect even though i literally just spent half like almost two hours at the beach it wasn't half a day i thought it was going to be half a day because i have a three-year-old who is obsessed with the beach and was really excited about wanting to go to the beach so you know dad's not going to let his little girl down right so we went to the beach and we had a fun time and after about 90 minutes close to two hours she was like can we go back to the hotel i want to go back to the hotel i want to jump on the hotel bed you know toddlers right kids i i was all for it though i'm not a huge beach lover to begin with now this record high uh poop dangerous levels here Ugh, not not a big fan thankfully i didn't see anyone any kids but there were a lot of little kids running around nobody taking dumps in the in the ocean or on the sand thankfully that i saw but apparently that's out there happening so that's really gross it makes me second guess the beaches i know a lot of people listening right now absolutely love beaches and maybe you're second guessing your beach activity or maybe it'll just be a little bit more alert next time you go to the beach of your surroundings on that. So that wraps up what has been trending a little bit of what has been trending in the world of travel in the last week. You can find out more travelpulse.com always up on the news there. Any additional thoughts about the topics we discussed or anything I missed or anything you would love to talk about travel wise. I'm always open podcast at travelpulse.com, or you can hit us up on the hotline for the show. 201-381-3017 is the travel pulse podcast number. Now let's jump over to our interview segment and welcome Jeff to the show. 
And now joining me on the show is Jeff Jenkins, owner of Chubby Diaries and host of the National Geographic show Never Say Never with Jeff Jenkins. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself. Oh, for sure. It's uh, such an honor to be here today. But yeah, I'm a travel journalist, travel blogger, content creator, and now TV host uh, of Never Say Never with Jeff Jenkins on National Geographic. And uh, I used to be a former choir teacher who decided to retire from or resign from teaching and got a career in travel, writing, blogging, content creation. And it just took off from there. And I, I've been loving it ever since. I'm I'm based out of Austin. Excellent. So I might well. I might have to have you sing later on the show. Then we might we might have oh, to bust out some no, say, that put him no, on the spot. No, I'm just like, <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, for those who are, haven't seen the show yet, tell us a little bit more about it. Where can they watch? Uh, what can viewers expect uh, with this new hit show? Yeah. So it's a adventure travel show. Me traveling around the world, doing all of these epic adventures and and like learning and discovering how to push myself outside of my comfort zone. Uh, I feel like it's a very inspiring and motivating kind of show. Uh, I feel like it's the show uh, you needed that you didn't know you needed, and um, it's uh, it's. It, it's it's each episode is being shown on National Geographic TV on Sundays uh, at 10 uh, p.m. 9 central. Um, and you can stream it now on Disney Plus and Hulu. Excellent. Yeah, I've been watching on, on, on Disney Plus and you have a great oh, line in the, in the beginning. You say this, I think, throughout, too, but uh, and especially in the opening, it's, uh, your, your, your motto is life begins where your comfort zone ends. And I absolutely love that. I think that this is a very inspiring show, too. And it, I, one thing I love about the show, too, is you're you're stepping out of your comfort zone, but you're also exploring a little bit more of these destinations and um, different things to do a little bit off the beaten path, maybe beyond the touristy part, because a lot of Americans out here and a lot of travelers really just they do kind of the same thing every summer. I mean, that's what I experienced growing up. It's kind of what my parents did. So I, I know it's out there. I know a lot of people do that. And I wish that more people would step out of their comfort zone because I know they think about it. They're like, that bucket list thing sounds cool, but it sounds also kind of scary. So I think the show really gives a great inspiration on that. I mean, you do some pretty pretty awesome stuff. Yeah. And I, I'm the one thing that it's like just hearing people talk now, like there's I'm starting to learn, especially in, in different like communities that a lot of people haven't even left the country. And like to to them, some of this stuff isn't for like, uh, like if you're the like, like super top, like traveled to a hundred countries, this show might not be as intriguing as somebody who, who has only been to a couple of countries or, uh, they're normally doing just the, the main things you do when you get off of a cruise ship or all the touristy stuff. And so learning that people have not done these things or have not pushed themselves outside of their comfort zone a lot outside of a resort in another country. Uh, like this show has been showing me that like, wow, I can even just talk about some of the basic stuff and people are like, wow, I needed to hear this. I needed to see this. I didn't know this was something that I could even do. That's what we love about travel TV. It really inspires a lot of stuff. So you did some cool stuff like repelling, swimming with sharks, riding in a hot air balloon, sailing some really choppy waters to go see some penguins in Patagonia. So what, what would, would you say is what was the most challenging thing you did, whether uh, mentally and or physically? Yeah, um, you the ones you didn't mention were the, the mentally, physically ones, <laughs> the ones that did get me. Uh, like I also did like crossing the sky bridge, which is a mile in that sky. Um, 
um, and going doing the five class five rapids down a waterfall. That was a tough one. But the one that really sticks out is me rock climbing, like literally just hands and feet and my rope. Um, and that was the proudest thing I've ever done because mentally I gave up a thousand times. I I'm pretty sure I did. Like, I was like, I, I can't keep doing this like this. I don't know how I'm supposed to get up this. I don't know anybody who's remotely my size climbing something like this. Um, and they didn't give me any training. They just said, you got it. And I said, do I? Right to the I was fire, like, yeah. how? <laughs> and they didn't, you know, the show didn't actually, um, the show didn't actually like, like uh, feature uh, my guide who actually helped me climb that mountain. But if it wasn't for him, I probably would not have been able to do it because he was like, are you uncomfortable? Is this uncomfortable? You feel like stopping now? And I was like, uh, I was like, yeah, I'm about there. And he was like, good. That's the feeling you need. Like, that's the feeling. Like, once you get there, now you're ready to go. And I'm like, whoa. So, like, to be able to do that, like, uh, I got very emotional when I got to the top of it because I didn't know how I was going to get to the top, but I made it to the top. And that part, like, really blew my mind. That's awesome. Yeah, I commend you on that. The rock climbing and me, that I would be the same way. I think on that, I, I would I, that would be a struggle for me, sure. So, did um, how long was the filming process? Did, did did stepping out of your comfort zone become easier with each new episode shoot? Oh no, no, yeah. not even a little bit, uh, because it we it was an expand of eight months, but technically we shot for six months. I would say that like doing that many experiences back to back to back can be challenging for anybody, and. I think you you were more zealous and you were more like good like when you first were like starting like at the beginning of the stages of, of filming. But it's like as time progresses uh, and time passes, like you're now becoming fatigued and like um, like you're tired. You're traveling to all these different countries and stuff like that to where um your brain is trying to process what's happening and it can't really because it's tired or you're so tired that you mentally trying to push yourself or physically trying to push yourself definitely became made it more of a challenge it actually made it more challenging interesting yeah pretty long process on that and it takes a toll on the body any type of you know uh, cross country, yes. cross world travel. I was sore really. a lot. I have I have bruises and cuts, and uh, I I so much, and we we took every pain pill I could, uh, like over the counter pain pills yeah. that I could, just to to continue to just go uh, because it is a lot and it's physical, but it was a lot of fun, and I was like, I'll do it again, season two. So. Hey, season, yeah, that would be great. Yeah. Um, so as speaking of you know some of the places that you went to. Any destinations stand out that you would really want to go back to or maybe take family and friends to like separately, you know, just beyond um, shooting, uh, filming for the show? I mean, to be honest, all of them. Uh, But, you know, like I would like to go back to Vietnam. I feel like I didn't get to like truly experience it in a way that I wanted to, like, especially on that city side. I like city living. I like city vacationing too. Uh, I can go to a big city and enjoy myself. Um, so I, I do want to experience that a little bit more. Uh, I'll go back to Argentina any day of the week. Like, okay. like it is, it is beautiful there. And like, if I could just go look at those mountains, look at uh, Patagonia and looking at those, like the mountain ranges, I can do that all day. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you made uh, everyone in your family jealous about the penguins too. That would that that was the big takeaway of yeah, my life. She's yeah, like, yeah. 
My wife was yeah, like, my ever was seen- like well, are you jumping in this cold water with penguins? Like, what are, what's happening here? And leopard seals are in there. Like, what? Yeah, I think w- with me, if I ever get a chance to see penguins, my wife would get really, really mad at me if I didn't have her right there with me. She's that obsessed with penguins. So she's also obsessed with sharks. She loved the, the shark episode, too. Would you swim? So that was whale sharks. Would you swim with other sharks? Would you get in a cage? You think you could be on? We're just fresh possibly. off of Shark Week. So Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I possibly would. I possibly would. And I've actually swam with sharks before uh, and out in Hawaii, but... I would do it now, and I even think that we've we've already tried to start working on some stuff for season two, to where you'll see me hopping in the water, uh, possibly again with some apex predators. Okay, yeah, I was gonna get to season two in a, in a bit, but now let's jump right on it. New places, new thrills. Okay. Can you tell us anything about um, what might be in that? Maybe maybe mix in some like funky food challenges or something. That would be kind of cool. You know, I was thinking. I think that too. I was thinking that too. It was like, man, how do we do less physical stuff sometimes? You know. <laughs> But yeah, like I think I'm starting to realize that there's things that don't even have to be on a physical level that people are are like, even from the show that I found out that people are very impactful by um, or just that discovering part. People like me just discovering and like looking at stuff. So funky food challenges, more uh, encounters and like helping animals. Uh, People love that. Uh, I'm starting to realize even more. Um, and then trying to like take these new like things that you've never seen a plus size person do or even myself do um, like for the first time and trying to like figure out what those things are and like actually just challenging ourselves to figure out how we can modify it so that I can do it and that and in return other people be able to do it too. Yeah, hopefully you get some some interesting food stuff on the bizarre aspects of oh, yeah. it. Once, uh, oh yeah, and then and then we're talking we're talking like also like the countries that we have in mind. Uh, I can't tell you yet, but like even some of the countries that we have in mind to go to, just those alone are just like epic views and um like it's just it's going to inspire more travel. I love that. Yeah, I mean it's National Geographic. It's it, it pulls you in all yeah. the time with the beautiful scenery on <laughs> on anything National Geographic, right? That level is is there. Yeah. So I once ate uh, sheep's head in Morocco, so I don't know if that's on your. I, I know you can't talk season two destinations Bro, yet, but I mean that's dude, that was some I, interesting I stuff. I ate it. Yeah, I ate sheep head in um, Iceland. Okay, they didn't put it in the show. Actually, I ate that fermented shark, and I ate the uh, like they. It's like a bar. Like they, it's like they mesh up the whole sheep head. And they put it as like a little like bar, like a okay. almost like a granola bar in a sense. It's not a granola bar. It ain't got no weed in it. But yeah, it's like mashed up and like box, uh, packaged like a granola bar. And you can actually see the eye uh, in that lamb. And I was like, oh, mm. y'all want me to eat this? Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, yeah, it's no. a little different when you can like see the aspect. Like the sheep's head I had was like a full on like head thing. And you like chug right at the, the, the it, yeah, it was. Mm. Uh, but I did it, you know, it was, uh, I had to experience. So it was your first time in Morocco, you know, dive, dive right into it. Uh, I, I, so I could do like weird things like that. I don't know if I could do the, the heat one. You did the hatch chili in New Mexico and that, oh, uh, yeah. that was some intense heat oh. that I know I like, cause jalapenos get me sweating. And so I'm weak in the, the spice game. That's for sure. I do love the heat. I love spicy foods, but yeah. like I can only, I, I know my limit, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now that makes sense. That definitely makes sense. Um, but yeah, I would love, I think adding some like food elements would be really, really dope and, or just keeping them in the show because I definitely did yeah. some more food elements and it didn't make it in. So now I'm over here like, Hey, wait a minute now, y'all. <laughs> I ate that and it didn't, <laughs> can we get a second cut here? Yeah. Awesome. Come on. <laughs> 
Right. Um, so yeah, any, um, what would be your travel advice for anyone thinking about trying something new for their next trip and stepping out of their comfort zone? To me, sometimes I always tell people like, well, one backing up, just like, man, just planning a trip by booking a ticket. Um, booking a ticket is the one thing that always keeps people from like traveling. Uh, like, or there's like people always be like, Oh, I need to do this, this, I need to plan this out. And I was like, man, buy the ticket first and then figure everything else out. But once you get there, I always tell people like, man, lower your expectations. I feel like lowering your expectations because it's like, even when I, cause I'm a type A person, I like to plan stuff out. I want to make sure I have all this stuff. But when I've learned how to lower my expectations, I can have like a roadmap in a way, like a skeleton draft, but I want to go with the flow. I want to, I want to experience something because you can you can get there and find out something new and you was like, oh, I want to go do that. And you end up doing that and find out it's the greatest thing you ever done. So if you lower your expectations in that way of like just your expectations should be I'm here to have a good time. I'm a I'm a I'm a try new things. I'm a discover new things and I'm gonna have a good time. So. I think that's the thing that people have to go in that mindset because it really does. It really opens you up to enjoying yourself. I love that. Yeah. And I think the, the, the first one there, you just book it, you, you just book it, you know, just get that flight set and then you're into it, you know? And I would it's say, the hardest thing. yeah, my, my, it's my, the hardest my, thing my recommendations always work with a travel advisor and some of them book air, some of them don't. So get you that ticket and then you want to figure out the rest, hit up a travel advisor. And if you, especially something completely new and you're stepping outside of your comfort zone there, that's that's someone you can have a little bit of a extra support line um, to your side th- throughout the the process, and definitely hit up you know okay. local mm-hmm. guides are the way to go for sure. Mm-hmm. Totally right, Jeff. This has been great, man. Um, anything you want to plug here as as we wrap up? Well, yeah. First, um, please watch the show. It's a yeah. great show. Never say never with Jeff Jenkins. Uh, streaming now on Disney Plus and Hulu, uh, but also just even travel posts. Like, thank y'all. Uh, I remember I was in an article back in the day with y'all of just like uh, it was a list of like influential people in the travel space. And I was on that list then. And I felt like that was the first list of many lists that I got to be on. But y'all was the first ones to to actually like recognize me. And I thought that was really beautiful. And I, I really am grateful and I'm grateful for our time today. Oh, thanks, Jeff. I appreciate that. Yeah, you've been doing great work with with the blog and, and everything, Chubby Diaries. And I found you on Instagram initially and yeah, I love it. Very inspiring stuff. So I'm thrilled that you got your own show here and excited that uh, season two is already in talks and everything. So that that's awesome. Uh, appreciate you. Appreciate you. Y'all have a good one. Thanks again to Jeff for taking time out of his busy schedule to jump on and talk about his new show. Be sure to check that out. Never Say Never with Jeff Jenkins. Check it out on National Geographic, Hulu, Disney Plus, where you can check it out on the streaming services. It's a great show. Thanks, Jeff. That's all the time we have for this week's show. We'll be talking... European travel on next week's broadcast. So be sure to tune in to that. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week. <laughs>